After the Fall. I am Sunny without my co-host, the Reverend Sean Hennessy. I am instead here with our friends and our location pastors here at Life Church Green Bay, Pastor Dallas Cox. Hello. Hello. And Pastor Shelby Cox. And you're also our worship pastor. I am. Yes. So we have you guys on because we actually had a request from a listener who said to us in an email recently, uh, what about the people? You know, we've done what about the wives? What about the kids? What about the husbands? What about the people who were neither the victim nor the perpetrator nor the family that it actually happened to, but are the bystanders, the aftermath that is left for the people who maybe were the leaders on the team of the pastor who had the failure, or they're the team members that co-led with someone who has it, an affair. And they just are like, where do I go from here? Do I just ignore this? It seems awkward around my church family now. And so Shelby, will you give us an idea of what you guys went through? Um, we're not, we never say names or churches and, um, but will you give us an idea of what you guys went through at a past church? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. At a past church, we actually, we, we were, we had just left the church when this started to happen. And so the person who stepped into my position and was overseeing the worship actually had an affair with another member of the worship team. And so who also happened to be serving in different areas and, and had close relationships with us as well. Um, and so we, although we weren't there to witness it in real time, we were also still witnessing it in real time from far away as we were getting people texting and calling saying, something's not right. I'm not sure what to do. I, I think something's happening. Um, and, and then even the aftermath of that, of when it did finally come out and having conversations with the two people who were in the affair together and kind of trying to help them walk through what happened and how to recover from what happened and what the next steps were of that. It, um, it's an interesting effect that it takes on a person. It is it is uh, comparable, I think, to a death of a relationship um, because the relationships were totally different after that. And even still, the relationship is totally different between those people and us. Um, there, There is something that it removed mm-hmm. from from our relationships. And, yeah. and you were talking about <clears throat> even probably the two couples. If you're friends with both couples, mm-hmm. who do you choose? Because right. you feel like the, you have to make a choice. Right. Because you're really making a moral decision and taking a stance, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. And it was, it was, in a way, it was like um, you had to make someone the villain. Mm. It was interesting. And I, mm-hmm. and I think it's interesting because um, people did. Yeah. And, it was, and it wasn't the same person. Uh, if you saw, got, saw some people's point of view, you're like, this person's the villain, this person's the villain, but the reality is they both made the mistake. Right. And well, who initiated it? Yeah. And it must be their fault. And, well, and this, mm. you know, does this person have a track record for it? And, and, and so they were trying to simplify, but it's interesting, you know, that we're on this podcast because I think the, the mentality of this podcast uh, was what we should have had in those moments mm-hmm. when people were reaching out to us. We should have said, it's good that they have this. Now let's help them get back up. Mm-hmm. And, and, and so it's, it's mm-hmm. interesting now because I don't think that happened initially. No. The initial thing was, how can we fix this? How can we, how can we fix this for the sake of the church? 
how can we fix this for the sake of the people? Um, but the focus wasn't on how can you fix this for the sake of the family, mm-hmm. families, families. Mm-hmm. And, um, because I think the reality was one of the families is recovering yep. and the other is recovering a different way, um, to where there was well, a the div- one, yeah, the divorce, there was a divorce and there was a separation and, and, um, and it was tough because I think because the villainization went in one direction, I don't know if this person has fully gone back into the house of God because of it, whereas the other has. Mm -hmm. And so it was just interesting, the, um, the dynamics in it Mm -hmm. and the people that they surround themselves with, if that makes sense. Well, because one was run out of the church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Run out by, in what way do you mean? Um, like asked to leave. Okay. And then the other wasn't. So they Correct. clearly felt like this was the villain or the aggressor. Mm-hmm. What's, what's interesting is like, even as you talk, it's almost simpler to talk about the senior pastor who has the affair yeah. because we can contain it and we go, yeah, it's just the senior pastor and the wife is hurting and the kids. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, how do we help them? When you guys are talking, it sounds more like a grenade went off mm-hmm. yes. and there were casualties all around yeah. and there was chaos. Like, how do we make sense of it? And yeah. really, listener, senior pastor and you know yeah. people that listen, this is really what's happening all the levels down, even when it's a senior pastor. Mm-hmm. It's just when you talk to someone like you guys who you're not coming from the perspective a lot of our our guests have come from, Yeah, uh, you're, you're coming from the perspective we're down in the middle of it where mm-hmm. people will text you. Mm-hmm. Senior pastors can be very insulated. So they're, they, people should be saying, are you okay? Is your marriage okay? They should reach out. They're insulated. You guys were getting text messages mm-hmm. and you probably were thinking, how do we keep our integrity in this and not just be a, like gossipers, but at the mm-hmm. same time, we can't just abandon these people. Yeah. Do you right. feel like you handled it right? Or what would you give as advice to someone, um, whether they're still at the church or they have moved on, but everybody feels it's safe to text them and to reach out for help. What would you say you wish you would have done better or you did, you did right. Um, I, I, I did not think repair to be honest with you. I thought of the next steps more than repair. Um, with the, the one couple that you know, I, I talk about villainizing, I have to admit that I did villainize one of the people and I villainized. And even to the point I was trying to think of ways of this person moving on without this other person. And I don't think that was fair. Mm-hmm. And, and thankfully the person that I villainized, there was some, um, uh, fall and a rising above. Mm-hmm. And, and it's good to see on social media that there is some, it looks like trust is there. Connection is there. Um, and so it was, it was, um, so I think in one of those things I had to remove my personal from it because I think I equated some personal triggers and things. Um, but the one thing that I would say that is very, very helpful is to remind people that the church may make mistakes, but that doesn't mean you should push away from God. Right. Um, that that God has trusted. Yes, people who are sinful and who have sin, you know, in their lives, and it will happen in the church. Mm-hmm. And not to ignore it, we need to address it. But do not connect it to where you say now because this church is do uh, this church did this, then the church must do this, mm-hmm. and therefore God must do this. And I'm going to remove all of that from my life. And and. And that's the biggest thing we didn't want to do. And I'm I'm thankful that Shelby and I, even though I personally probably did villainize, we were trying to get people like 
to go to the right people, to, to ask the right questions, to continue to help with the health of the body of Christ, even when there was a wound. Mm-hmm. And I think it was important to us too, to not overstep because we knew we were out of the, ch- of that church now. And mm-hmm. so how do we look at this from a, a point of view of not being on pastoral staff anymore? How do we help without overstepping the senior pastors who need to be actually addressing the situation? Um, and so I think that we did the best that we could. Mm-hmm. It was redirecting. That we had, yeah, with the knowledge that we had at the time. Redirecting back to the right people in charge yes. who could make a difference. Right. Yeah. And ultimately to God, to not deconstruct and let it shake right. you. Without making them feel like we were abandoning, abandoning them as right. well. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we're in a spiritual warfare series at Life Church, and we're three weeks in. And we have three weeks to go and we stirred up a hornet's nest. I mean, I know in Mm -hmm. our personal lives, before we started the series, we were talking on this podcast about spiritual warfare Mm -hmm. and about the Luciferic spirit right now. Shelby, you're leading us in a book as a staff through the spirit of Jezebel. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I think that although unfortunately it stirs up a lot of chaos, fortunately, I think we're seeing dots connected Mm -hmm. and it, when you can connect dots on the demonic, on what Satan's trying to accomplish in the church and in families, you can quit like throwing up your hands and going, church is crazy. Pastors are crazy. Right. You go, no, Satan is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Like let's war. Like yes. why are we running and running away from church or even having that be an option? Right. Like we are in a war and there is no um, surprise that families are under attack, but especially Mm-hmm. people empowers family. And if you're not a pastor, you're out in the world and you're on TV and your marriage falls apart. Sometimes that's celebrated like, Oh yeah. cool. Who's their new girlfriend? Who's their new boyfriend? Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So how, do you feel like the spiritual warfare series or the concept of what we're talking about? Um, do you feel like there's some salve <laughs> or some help in really looking into the supernatural realm when it comes to falling and sin and the yuck that we, we see happen. For oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. I, I think, and it's interesting because you get, you do get people who go, I don't know if I want to go that far in when it talks about the demonic, but we have no problem wanting to go into the supernatural. And mm-hmm. you know, if God, if God would just do this, I think more people would believe in it. Mm-hmm. But the reality is I think that's why there's demonic forces against it. Because if he just let back and allowed people to move in the Holy Spirit in such a powerful way, there'd be no denying God. Wow, look mm-hmm. what he's doing in this healing. What, look what he's doing in this and look what he's doing in that. God must be real. And so there will always be this war because if I, if I, don't, if I don't let up then they're going to continue pursue and the reality of him will come. I win more people to me. This is, I believe Satan talking by not allowing them to believe I exist Mm -hmm. by just being ignorant. And so, so it's interesting that people will say, Oh, I want to move in the spirit. But as soon as we start talking about forces, they go, no, I don't want to talk about that. Well, that's the reality. It's both things. Yes, It's just one with the other. If I want to move more in the presence of God, I have to understand that I'm also kind of the fight against the forces of evil Mm. with the presence of God in the name of Jesus, because it just, it, 
it will come with it. The enemy would love for us to not go in certain areas mm-hmm. and just, oh, let's just do it in a practical way here, but let's try to do it in a supernatural way there. And it just doesn't work mm. that way. And Shelby, before yeah. you go, what's just hit me as you're talking, Dallas, is we wonder why there's division in the church, mm-hmm. like a church. There's Why yeah. is there division in a church I attend or division in churches I've attended? And it just hit me because there's division in the big C church of don't go too far in the demonic. Yep. Mm-hmm. Don't go too far in the Holy Spirit. Yep. Like keep it right here. Mm-hmm. And if the ch- the big C church where there's many different denominations that are going to go to heaven because mm-hmm. they believe Jesus is the only way to heaven. Good. Yeah. But then we can't agree on the spiritual supernatural realm. And a lot of that comes from it's been abused by yeah. weird people, weird methodology, you know, yeah. pushing people over. So it's like, uh, they were faking being slain in the spirit. Now I won't even let the Holy spirit flow within my service mm-hmm. because we're going to keep it tight. Yeah. You know, it, it's so funny. I ha- I've had this scripture in my head all day and I kept going and I kept going, maybe I'll talk about it here. Maybe I'll talk about it here. Um, in John chapter three, there's a, there's a portion of scripture where, um, you know, John the Baptist was baptizing people, and then Jesus starts doing that. And then it says that Jesus and disciples left Jerusalem and went to Judean courtside. This is in verse 22 through like 27. Jesus spent some time there and was baptizing people. At the same time, John the Baptist was baptizing at Eon near Salem uh, because of plenty of water there. And the people kept coming for him to be baptized. This was before John was thrown into prison. Verse 25, a debate broke out between John's disciples and the certain Jew over a certain ceremonial cleansing. So that John's disciples came to him and said, Rabbi, the man you met the other side of the Jordan River, he's talking about Jesus, the one you identified as the Messiah is also baptizing people and everyone is going to him instead of us. John replied, no one can receive anything unless God gives it to him in heaven. You yourselves know how plainly I've told you I'm not the Messiah. I'm one here to prepare the way. And he talks about the bridegroom, but then verse 30 says, he must become greater and I must become less. Mm. And so what's ha- what happened was, is he's done all these things to re- bring in the Messiah. And now he's getting more attention. People go, oh, I don't like, I don't like that we're doing this. Look, we're, now we're losing people. Mm. And John goes, that's great. Because it's not about, it's, it's about moving people in the right direction. Mm. And so, so I, I, I love that you said that because I think when we move in the supernatural, people go, Ooh, don't go that t- mm. too far. You might lose people. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, no, no. I, I don't care about my concerns. I, he must be greater so that I might become less. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if, if that, if this is leading people to Jesus, I'm not going to allow it to lead to my fears. Mm. I'm going to keep trusting God and, and know that the Holy Spirit is a counselor that is a comforter. So in those fears, I don't like that they're talking about this. Trust the Holy Spirit's going to go, it's okay though, because mm-hmm. I'm going to equip you mm-hmm. and I'm going to give you strength when you don't think you have it. Yeah. Well, the enemy doesn't want us to want to know more about Correct. him. So that fear of, oh, I don't know. That's exactly what the enemy wants mm-hmm. you to do. That's the posture that he wants you to be in. Mm-hmm. I think like people are so um, open to acknowledging that they see angels everywhere. Mm. I saw an angel or an angel in the corner, Mm. or I saw an angel in the clouds and they're so open to talk about that. But yeah, the blinders have been put on, I think willingly when it comes to the demonic side of it. Mm -hmm. And I think in this, in this particular case, the, I think back and go, well, 
the church that we were a part of inherited this building from yes. a church mm. who, who that crumbled because of immoral failure because wow. there was an affair and and instead of going in and praying over that and casting that out and turning to Jesus and the authority that he's given us it wasn't handled and instead those spirits were able to remain mm. and then come in and have its way again. Mm-hmm. I love where you're going because we're yeah. seeing that, mm-hmm. but, and we're all Pentecostal born, like came out of that mm-hmm. and then kind of went, okay, let's chill out on the whole overly charismatic vibe. Right. Mm-hmm. We all right. had our era of like, we just want to chill out a little bit and mm-hmm. like, yeah, we believe in the Holy spirit. I may speak at time, in tongues. I might keep that under my breath at church or at home. Mm-hmm. And so we've, we've lived that. We kind of stiff armed the Holy spirit and the mm-hmm. moving of the supernatural. Well, COVID, I think most pastors listening to this can say, yeah, I was, sh- I was shook up. Yeah. Some were shook right out of ministry yeah. and they were just done. Mm-hmm. Some were shook like, man, we're like, we look the part, but there's no power Yeah, and I got to tap in. And for us, what we did is, is one, our staff looks different and all are very open to the Holy spirit. Right. And it's not because they had Pentecostal backgrounds. No. Right. Most of our staff was they like, didn't. I know nothing, Yeah, <laughs> which was nice. Yeah. So they're getting baptized in the Holy spirit for the first time, you know, this year and last year. And, uh, but we're realizing there is no fighting spiritual warfare if we're not baptized in the Holy spirit. Mm -hmm. So no matter what denomination you come from, what Mm -hmm. we're realizing is that's just biblical. That's not denominational. And then number two, we have to, as pastors be able to acknowledge that like this building, this church might that had a moral failure over here may have more moral failures. If the demonic that succeeded comes back, right. The Bible says that happens and mm-hmm. they come back seven times stronger and they just continue the cycle of taking people out with infidelity. Yeah. Right. But if we as pastors say, oh, that's kooky, or we let our people say it's a little too far. Okay. You guys saw it repeat itself. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's interesting because that's the fear. I don't want to be kooky. I don't want to be weird. And so we, we've we stepped away and, and I go back to that scripture I just said. John said the reason that this is fine is because he must become greater and I must become less. The problem with kooky people is that sometimes they put the intention on themselves. They I become honestly, more. They right. become more. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, I think of this woman we knew in Las Vegas who was kooky. Um, you know, the best example we, we had is we, we had a, you know, time of a meeting and we had this glass kind of like a wall that was just all glass windows and a fire truck went by and she stood up and just started speaking tongues on the window. And again, there's, there's parts of that where you go, okay, that makes sense. She, she obviously has a concern, mm-hmm. but she just made it public to the point where I think people got turned off. Cause it's like, okay, so-and-so is just trying to get attention right, right now. So it's like balancing that, you know, mm. you know, so there's times where I do feel like God speaks things to me, um, maybe about an individual, but I don't need to go on the mic and just point out that individual. Mm. God told me, no, I have done it. And, and, and there was a time where it's just one of those moments where I do felt like the Holy Spirit was, Hey, I, you need to say this to this person. And it was, it was good things. It wasn't like correcting. Right. It was that I believe that God was going to, um, surround, uh, him with people who need Jesus and that every chair around him was going to be filled with people he knew Mm. and that, that you're afraid, but don't be afraid. And so, but there was even moments where I said, you know, I need to tell, I feel like I need to tell this person this, but I'm going to go to them Mm. and I'm not going to go to them in a group of people. So it's like, Ooh, look at Dallas. Mm -hmm. Look how cool, you know, 
I, I want to allow the Holy Spirit to, I want to be obedient to it. And I want him to get the glory more than I get the glory. Mm. And so I think that's what you have to understand is, okay, the kooky killer is making sure you don't get the glory. Mm, that's so. really good. When I think when it is authentically the Holy Spirit that's moving in that moment, the Holy Spirit, I don't believe is going to make you look kooky. Because what does that do to God? It makes God look kooky. Mm. Yes. So why would he, why would he do that? Yeah. Yeah. Kooky, like the difference of like, I'm worshiping and I feel like I need to bow on my knees right now. That might be uncomfortable. And we feel like kooky in yep. ourselves because I've never done this. Mm-hmm. We're not talking that God might right. be like, you need to bow down. Right. Yeah. And we're talking kooky. Like, yeah, you need to go like make loud sounds and put your hands on the yes. glass and, and, you know, kind of like everybody look. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Look, Look at me for the, fire I'm so truck. holy. Yeah. yeah. Or going up to the front and, you know, hooping and hollering and, you know, turning in circles. And yes. obviously yeah. people are going to see you because you're, you're making a spectacle. There's a huge mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought the verse pastor Dallas, you were going to is the one where, um, they, it was in the new Testament. It was after Jesus, uh, ascended and the disciples, were going and, and making converts. And then, uh, there was a point where they were saying, who are you a disciple of? Well, are you a disciple of him or are you a disciple of mm-hmm. him? And they were getting in competition. Yes. And this, that verse reminded me, I mean, really the, the precursor to that was John the Baptist and Jesus. They're yep. like, hold on, John, weren't you the dude? Yeah. And now Jesus is your competition. Mm-hmm. And I think in our present day, it's similar to then the next level with the disciples. Like, well, are you a follower of Timothy or Paul? Yeah. Are you an ark person oh, or yeah. are you, are you a gateway person? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, are you, right. a, are you a follower of Jensen Franklin or are you right. a follower of Stephen Furtick? Yeah. And, and, we can go, well, we're not like that. Well, and, and then what happens is, um, we think that only those people can speak in our life, but when push comes to shove, those kind of people, those kind of networks probably aren't there Mm -hmm. when there's a fall, the kind of people that are there when there's a fall are people like you who were worshiping and pastoring right alongside these people. Mm -hmm. So then they come to you and you're the real ones they're following and asking. And I think you guys brought up a good point, both of you, that the Holy Spirit can lead you from the stage in the mic yes, or he can lead you one-on-one. And if they're calling and texting, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, like I'd love to give a formula. I'm sure you guys would love to give a formula on here. This is what you do and don't do when someone calls you during a moral failure. Like they were calling you to say, should we out this couple? Yeah. Yeah. Like you got the precursor, the actual affair, you know, it's happening. And then, and the aftermath and the aftermath, yeah. Yeah. you have to just be led by the Holy spirit mm-hmm. because there is no right there. Are gonna, and, and we could figure it out. And then mm-hmm. somebody's going to have a more unique situation. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so you guys are actually the ones that become the, uh, the source. And if you're not willing to push them back to their pastor, yeah. um, push them back to God and the Holy spirit as you cannot give up on them. Then, then you are, then you are tickled in the ears and you're like, Ooh, are they a follower of me? I'll just handle mm-hmm. this. Yes. None right. of us have the tool. Sean and I don't even have the, all the tools to say in every situation, call us. We'll tell you exactly what to do. Right. What we are saying is don't let this get you away from God. Right. Yes. And that, and that's the thing is we have to, as leaders be so mindful of 
how we are responding because we will become their hero. Mm. You know, oh, I'm so glad you were here mm. and you have to redirect it. No, 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 no. Because when that happens is when I let you down, then you're, you're pretty much saying, well, God let me down too. No, no, I let you down. Mm-hmm. God did not. And so I think it's important as leaders that we keep re- redirecting, well, what does the Bible say? What does God say? What do you feel like God's telling you? And sometimes I go, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm no, 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 mm-hmm. <laughs> no, I'm not your resource. Mm-hmm. God's got to be a resource. Mm-hmm. Now I may give you scripture that has helped me and has helped the situation, but it's got to still be God. Yeah. And so I think in these moments when people reach out and go, what should we do? Well, one, you gotta, you gotta go to what God is, God says about this because yeah. God's already figured out these scenarios. Yeah. We just have to know the word and know what it says. And so the listener who last um, week said, can you do something about the people who are for the people who uh, are still in the church and just basically living in the aftermath? Mm-hmm. And you know, what, what do we say to someone who is like, listen, I'm left holding all of the balls that were dropped when this um, was brought to light. And now maybe I'm not even on staff. I'm just a team member. And I think the staff is getting counseling, but like, we're all just acting like it didn't Mm -hmm. happen. Like, what do you tell that listener? Oh man. Um, I, I, I feel like in the midst of it, you, you have to go, you have to remind yourself what God's called you to. And if, if God's in it, then he's going to help you through it. And so, um, it's interesting. My, my wife, Shelby, she, uh, it helps me a ton. This, this mindset, she, this phrase that she does, and I don't know if she originated, but I give her the, the, the credit for it. When something's going bad, you like to say what, dear? God's going to do something good Yeah, <laughs> or God's up to something. God's got up to something good. If the devil's trying to get in it, God must be up to something. And again, and I said this earlier, but I did not say it on the podcast. So I apologize. Um, you know, we know that the, the enemy is not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's not all those things, but I do believe that he's been around long enough to see patterns mm. and see what God's doing in people and in the church and go, man, I got to get in that. And so when you feel this, this, I don't, I can't do it. Oh man, we are not going to recover from this. We're going to be known as a church that blank. Mm-hmm. You have to understand that God can do all things and restore all things. Mm-hmm. And so many people may go, yeah, I heard that ch- that church was a church that, yeah, yeah, that was. And then God did a new thing. Mm-hmm. And so the, I guess the question you have to ask those people, are you willing to walk through that? Mm-hmm. Because one thing we can say, all of us can say, is we've gone through different phases that we, we call it the pre-COVID and the post-COVID. Mm-hmm. And man, I'm glad I stuck around. <laughs> right? This is a good day. It's a good day. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and there are people who, they, they, uh, they cashed in quick. Mm-hmm. They saw this stock dropping. And uh, I'm glad it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that God did something new. And God's doing something new. And so... I would say that, I mean, even going off a different story and just coming back to us, you know, I understand when you go, man, maybe this is a good time to go. And uh, my father-in-law always told me this, when is a good time to go? And he says, you should always go. God will release you when things are going good. Mm, I've heard that recently. (laughs) Yeah. God will release you when things are going good. He will not release you when things are going bad because you think 
oh, well, oh, yeah, retreat. No, no, no. Can God do all things? Can he do all things in all people? So if things are going bad, you got to stay in it. Wow. Because you got to go through it. Mm -hmm. But if things are going good, if things are great, then it might be a time for God to move you on. Mm -hmm. So if you're in the middle of the scenario you're talking about, I would say, um, just believe God's up to something good. Mm, that's and really good. Trust him through it. Well, and I feel like if if people have already been through the hell of this, yeah, like stick it out a little longer. Okay, mm-hmm. a little bit longer because I mean the whole podcast is called the rise after the fall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you leave during the fall, you don't get the rise that comes after. And so I love that you said that. Like the people who cashed in quick, they're not getting mm-hmm. to be a part of what we're getting right now. Like yeah. mm-hmm. Life Church. Life Church, and I, I don't think I'm just speaking for myself or Sean. This is the best place Life Church has ever been. Yeah. And I'm so glad we're still a part of it. Uh, yeah. me, too. me too. And there are churches that their greatest suffering will be the greatest story that God is not limited by some worship pastor or youth pastor that has an affair. Mm-hmm. He's not limited to that. Yeah. And and. So I love, I love that you said that Shelby, I want you, um, maybe to, we don't have to end quickly, but I want you to take us a direction, maybe to end this out. You're leading us through the book. Um, what's the book? It's Jezebel. Unmasking the Jezebel spirit. Yeah. Obviously the Jezebel spirit, although it's not just in women, it is a spirit that, um, can be in a man or a woman. Would you, would you give us some insights and wisdom about this? Because there's some people that, they listen to this podcast because they suspect they're suspicious mm-hmm. of some stuff going on, maybe in their own marriage, uh, maybe friends they know, or a year from now, they're going to come upon this. And I would love if they were armed and dangerous with yeah. the knowledge they need to know. Yeah. Oh gosh. Now I feel I like I'm on the lot. spot. There I, is a I lot. Did. There yeah, is a lot there. for sure. Um, well, uh, one thing that, uh, is freshest in my mind, um, because we talked about it in staff meeting today, uh, throughout this book that we're reading, um, one of the things that stuck out to me was, um, the Jezebel spirit is one that is, um, I described it as a, a two-star general. Mm. So this is the one that the devil calls in or maybe doesn't call in, but comes in to lock arms with the troops that are already assigned here to this, to this territory, to this region. And it, and he does talk about in this book, um, that this spirit will take off, will take out nations. Mm. Um, it's that powerful of a spirit. Um, it's not one that can be detected right away. It's a sneaky one that takes time, um, that anybody at any point in their life could attract, could open a door to, and you don't see it right away. Um, but the more that you feed it, the bigger it grows. And so, yeah. Um, cause when you say it's not like one you could name, so like you could probably, feel a spirit of depression on someone mm-hmm. or if someone's like, I'm suicidal. You're like, okay, that's a spirit of suicide or anxiety. This is, right. this one is, is so vague and subtle and it's, uh, it actually goes after the top leader. It doesn't have to yeah. just be a senior pastor, mm-hmm. right. the head of a department, the right. head of influence in the neighborhood. Right. This spirit goes after, like you said, to go to the general This one is like the, yeah, this one is like, yeah. So this one comes in and is like, okay, what are your troops? Do I see troops that are tormenting? So, okay, this group of, of 
demonic spirits are here to torment for this specific reason. Let me come in and link arms with them and help them torment more. So this spirit comes in is oftentimes uh, linked with people who are, um, how do I put it? it? He talks about intercessors a lot. Mm. So there's to take out intercessors. Yeah. Or, okay. We'll use the intercessor because they are already acknowledging the fact that they have a gift with the Holy spirit. Wow. And so this, this demonic spirit will come in and almost trick you to think that what you're thinking is good, but really it's this Jezebel spirit. Mm. Sometimes the person, the host, uh, is aware of it. And sometimes they're not aware of it. Mm. If it's, if it's a, um, a juvenile Jezebel spirit, they may not be aware that they're being used, Mm -hmm. that, that this is happening for all they know that this, they're hearing from the Holy spirit, but they're not. Yeah. And it, it causes division. Causes division. Because if you look at the story of Elisha and the prophets of Baal, he has a huge victory mm-hmm. and the scripture says afterwards that Jezebel comes out and wants to, says, I want to kill you. Mm-hmm. It causes him to run, right. run away. And so that's the spirit will try to get in and it'll try to get in during victories. Right. So this spirit is big on manipulation, um, is, is big on, um, obviously power, but, uh, self-focused, mm-hmm. um, how can I get the credit for this? Mm. Um, it feeds yeah. the flesh and it also utilizes that intercessor and that mm-hmm. I'm religious because it's actually really good mm-hmm. with uh, connecting to religious spirits, right? right? Because it can, it sounds and can be religious. Like, right. yeah, she, she thought she had access to talk to Elijah. Right. And Elijah just had a spiritual victory and then wanted to go commit suicide. I wonder how many times you get done preaching a sermon and the spirit Mm -hmm. over that territory is the Jezebel spirit to say, think about everything you said, didn't say how you said it. Right. Because how many pastors want to quit Sunday or Monday? Right. And I love it because you said it, you said it yesterday that we have to fight what we think with scripture, Mm -hmm. not with thought. And so you can fight the Jezebel spirit with the word of God. Right. You can fight it with not allowing, go, no, don't think that, don't think that. Cause that's what we'll do. Don't think that. No, no, no. How can I counterbalance that with God's word? Right. And yeah. say the opposite of what that is with God's word. And speak right. it out loud. And, right. Yes. Which can feel awkward. I said that in staff meeting. Like I've been to therapists in the past that they're like, look in the mirror mm-hmm. and say five affirmations in the morning. I'm like, I felt awkward looking in my own eyeballs. Yeah. <laughs> like if I'm putting on my mascara, <laughs> brushing my teeth, I'm not really making eye contact with myself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Maybe I could do that today versus mm-hmm. 10 years ago. But like we go, gosh, to say it out loud, yeah. like, people are going to think I'm weird. Yeah. But so I, I don't know. I suddenly got into reading a couple of years ago. So I, I read a lot of books, I guess. Now I, uh, recently got finished reading a book about the Holy spirit. And in the book, he talks about how, uh, the word of God is, um, well, no, this was a different book. Now I'm getting them all mixed up. Um, But this book is talking about how the word of God, we know as the sword of the spirit. Um, But he's saying we also compare it to the double edged sword, but actually it doesn't become the double edged sword until we speak it out. Wow. So when it, when we read about it, it's not yet a double edged sword. It's still a sword, 
it still can do damage. But until we speak it out, Dang. that's when it becomes a double-edged so sword. Good. And so we have to fight those spirits mm-hmm. with the word of God, but not just in our heart. We have to speak it out because the double-edged sword is what mangles and... Um, I could get real gruesome. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was between the bone and marrow. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Wow, that's really yeah. good. And it's an interesting. We were saying we can't find a practical way. I, there's one practical thing I learned in journey of wholeness that has been huge on fighting these thoughts is, uh, they tell you in journey of wholeness and I can't remember which week it is where you write down the negative thoughts that you may have. And so you write them all down and, you know, or make negative things. And then you go, okay, now what's the opposite of that? So you write down the opposite. And then the third thing is now find a scripture that can relate to that. Mm -hmm. And so therefore to fight our thoughts, you have to fight it with the word. And so that's how you find the word. You know, yes, you may Google, you know, you know, scriptures on joy, scriptures on peace. Mm-hmm. But once you find that scripture, speak it out. Yeah. Speak it out over that one and, and watch what happens mm. because you don't let it just stay dormant. You kill it at the root. I love it. Yeah. And I wonder if that's why the scripture says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks mm-hmm. when you have the word of God in your heart and then you mm, speak it good. out of your mouth. Yeah. That's a good connection. Um, and then the other thing in the Jezebel, uh, book and that, that, part is, um, that stuck out to me was that it, uh, causes a spirit of rebellion. And, and then it reminded me that rebellion in the Bible is, is, um, referred to as witchcraft. We always talk about gossip is, mm. is referred to as witchcraft, but rebellion is also referred to as witchcraft. And so a lot of these times, as you let this spirit of Jezebel grow in people, it becomes witchcraft wow. in the, in the real though, too, to where there, uh, he talks about instances of, uh, different churches and different pastors that he's talked to about how a Jezebel, a person with a Jezebel spirit will come in to gain power. And through that, they'll go home and they will cast spells on the pastor's wife so that she will get sick and die so that she can become his new wife. Well, and let's just face that. Yeah. There, there, we've had guests on this show that I'm imagining that happened and they may have never called out. I am a Jezebel. I have a Jezebel. I'm going home to, to cast a spell, but they literally had the spirit thought they fell in love with the pastor Mm -hmm. or the pastor's wife and then went home and prayed to God, like, let them be mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the way in which you said it is like what happened in the spiritual, right? what maybe happened in the physical. And like Satan wants us to stay in denial right? that like, guys, come on, you're making it too spiritual. Mm-hmm. Bring it down to the two dimensional realm. No, yeah. what we're saying is if there are families being torn apart and there are affairs, there is a spirit involved and mm-hmm. the Jezebel spirit, spirit, in a man or a woman is very likely yeah. because they want to take out those at the top. And if we're talking about pastors, it's the pastor at the top that yeah. they are all about. They want to destroy the church. Jezebel wanted to, wanted to kill Elijah, the prophet of God. Yeah. So of course this spirit is at work. And I, you know, one of the, to tie these things together, like pastor Dallas, you're talking about the scripture and speaking that out. Sometimes we need to go beyond the uh, the ones that we get tattoos of. Yeah. Yes. Yep. <laughs> we need to get past the fearfully and wonderfully made. What yep. are some of the other ones? Yeah. Uh, um, well, I think Philippians, I can do all things through yes. Christ. gives me strength. Yep. 
you know, the uh, ones that even non-Christians put on their bodies. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And do we need to get the scripture and get it out of our mouth? Because Shelby, what you're talking about is there could be a curse, an attack, an attempt on your marriage and on your life and on your life because anxiety, depression, suicide, those yes. like Isaiah, yep. we walk through this. Isaiah doesn't look at it and go, well, mommy and daddy, you need to remember, like I had some chemical things. He's like, it was straight up demonic, yeah, yeah. straight up demonic. And so, you know, when you talk to people afterwards, they can say in the middle of it, they're like, well, I still need my this and mm-hmm. I'll try this. And it's not just the devil. They don't want to hear that. It is to the core of evil. It's always going to be the devil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it are the scriptures that some people need to pray out. They need to search out, Google it. Yeah. What are scriptures on? How do I reveal a demonic spirit in yep. my home, in my territory, in my church? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Start to speak that out. Yes. Because one, your mind might be opened up to the fact, or God may in that moment of praying, put a person's face in your mind and you yeah. go, oh, I never would have pictured him doing that yeah. or her doing that. We have that kind of power in the Holy Spirit. Right. Yes. Um, I said it yesterday in my message, the opposite of, of God is not Satan. The opposite of Satan Mm -hmm. is not the fight against the Holy spirit. The opposite of Satan is Michael, an archangel. Mm -hmm. And then God said he put us above the angels that we have power and we we contain the Holy spirit. Even the archangel Michael doesn't contain the Holy Spirit within him. Mm -hmm. So the Holy Spirit is more powerful than Michael, who is the equal of Satan. The demons are lesser, four levels down Mm -hmm. of uh, Michael, the archangel. So why do we think, and as pastor said a few weeks ago, we're, we're outnumbering demons two to one. We, the people with the angelic help of the two thirds that didn't fall compared to the third that fell. Mm -hmm. Plus we're filled with the Holy spirit. This is not to fear, but this is to wake up and start praying over our homes and our churches in a whole new way. Oh Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we are filled with the thing that Jesus said, I must go so that it may come. I have to leave. You guys need this. That's how powerful and that's how um, useful the Holy Spirit is. Mm-hmm. We should not fear anything with the Holy Spirit. It is part of the Trinity with God and Jesus. Mm-hmm. Why do we try to minimize it? And not yeah. tap into it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, this is a, this is a, a, a three tier, you know, group that yeah. is powerful that we go, eh, I just need more Jesus. You'll get more Jesus through the Holy Spirit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I just need God to speak to me. God will speak to you through the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. You need the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And with the Holy Spirit, you can attack anything that comes your way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's good. So this is our, this is our outcry. I mean, this would be an extension <laughs> of where we're at as a church, yep. where Sean and I are as pastors, where you guys are as pastors. And mm-hmm. so we lead it. You lead Life Church with us. And, uh, we're like, uh, we want to tell churches. Yeah. yeah. Yes. You need the Holy spirit. Yeah. Some of you have been void of the Holy spirit. Yeah. Get him. Yeah. And I think because the devil is really good about saying, yeah, but that's not really real. Yeah. yeah. It's not for that. today. No. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I mean, on all of our websites, mm-hmm. I know every pastor has, they believe in the Trinity, mm-hmm. but, but we just keep that one a right. little under wraps, keep yeah. it under a bushel. No, yeah. Right. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that you guys were here. Um, my husband doesn't even know we're doing this, so we're going to surprise, surprise him. We're going to surprise him and say, we've got one coming out called The Aftermath. Ooh, I love it. 
demonic. <laughs> <laughs> no, how we're going to oh, win. No. <laughs> so anyway, thanks for being a part. You guys, we talked a little bit about Journey to Wholeness, but of course, that's our program that we have a retreat center in North Carolina for, or you can come into Green Bay. Uh, we'd love to help you because really it's neuroscience coupled with scripture. We don't believe that mental health and just the science is the answer. It would be nothing without the power of the Holy Spirit through the scriptures Mm -hmm. that tie in and relate. And we rewire our brain, like the Bible says, renewing of our mind. So please reach out to us if you want to be a part of Journey to Wholeness or if you'd like to talk. Um, We also would love to direct you to our website, theexchangecollaborative.com to find out more. Otherwise, we'll see you next time on The Rise After the Fall. Hi, friends. It's Sunny again. And I just want to say, Sean and I appreciate your faithful listening. And we hear all the time that many of you are sharing this. In fact, we've had a few people say, I tell everybody I know, specifically other pastors and leaders, about this podcast. And so we may have shared in our early season two episode about the story of getting a retreat center that we're now going to call The Reserve, uh, 20 acres, multiple houses, and the ability to house pastors and leaders, their families. We're going to basically say we're hosting the hurting, we're hosting the betrayed, we're restoring the betrayer. Uh, and so now we have a campus to do that on a a 20 acre property to do that on, as well as we'll continue to bring people into Green Bay and we provide um, help in the finances for that and the housing for that at times as needed. Also, we'll continue to go to people. We've done that over the last couple of years, flown directly to couples in crisis. That's been an ongoing thing that Sean and I, Pastor Becky, Pastor Barry have done. But what I wanted to ask you is that um, because this retreat center is $1.8 million, which actually for 20 acres, a massive house, other housing, uh, it's really reasonable. We just happened to find it in a great location. And the person who's selling it to us has a ministry heart. He's on the board of the church that we interned at coming right out of Bible college. It's just crazy, the God story. But we need to get $600,000 as the down payment. Now he's going to spread that over the first year. So it's 54,000 a month. Then after that, the 1.2 million that we will finance with him, those payments will start and that's in the 70 some hundred dollars. So $7,000 a month plus utilities and expenses, but that's much more palpable than 54,000 a month. But for this first year, we're grateful that we didn't have to come up with 600,000 to even begin work on the property. We already own it. We're already doing construction. But what I would ask you is if you would consider, and you may say, it's me. I have, you know, $100,000 put away for our church that we are going to start construction on something. Or you may say, I have $1.8 million at the church I lead and we were breaking ground, but I feel <laughs> this is the crazy thing. I've heard some crazy stories about pastors who after having the money or praying for the money and they get it for something God's having them do, God told them to give it away. But then God exceeded their expectation and they came back and had eightfold, ninefold. I know of a church in Texas, this just happened. Uh, They gave a million dollars they had raised to break ground on a new property. 
and the, someone had, had been at this conference with them and they had a roof that had caved in and it was a million dollars to repair it. And God told him, give the million dollars. Well, he did. And within a few weeks, they had a company come to them and offer them money for the land and to give them land they owned. And they basically were given about $8 million from their million dollars they gave away. So I just know that when Sean and I even have given $1,200, which was our first big gift when we were first married at a conference and God told us give everything. And we had $1,201 in our bank account, which was a ton for us. It was like our savings. We gave it, we got home and we had a check in our mailbox for $1,250. Now we made $49 on that, but it increased our faith. We made a lot of return on our faith and that investment and knowing God will never ask us to give that he doesn't have a huge plan. So I take this time to say, you might be the one that says, we're going to give you 1.8. You'll never have to worry about money as you do this ministry. You might say, we're going to give you 600,000 for the down payment so that you don't have to stress for the first year at 54,000 a pop as you build it out. Or you might say, we're going to give monthly or we have something else in mind. Thank you for considering it. Thank you for stepping out in faith and thank you for being a faithful listener to this. We appreciate you.